was always that kid, you know, that stood up at the doctor's office and pulled the footstool out and like stood on it and sang I'm a little teapot for everybody. <laughs> What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Galactic Center. What does that really mean? Apparently, the sun is in the middle of the universe, in the middle of the Galactic Center. I don't know. Saw it on Facebook. I was intrigued, and I love the whole idea of the Galactic Center. Because really, are we are just these beautiful spiritual alien beings, right? Transcending space and time. So it just feels like, I don't know, maybe we're, we're home in the Galactic Center. How are you feeling with all the things that are happening? There's a lot going on from the 1212 portals to the galactic center to the solstice to solar eclipses happening on Christmas. And then the end of the decade. That's right. The end of the decade is upon us. There are a lot of things happening, a lot of shifts happening. I'm going to try not to get too woo-woo. I like to save my extra woo for my Sunday coffee talk. But there's a lot going on. So, you know, maybe give yourself a little bit of time to breathe. Connect with yourself. Connect to your higher self. Connect to your spiritual guides, whatever that means. Give yourself a little bit of time as we enter into the last two weeks or week i don't know week and a half the last couple days of the decade take some time reflect on the past year reflect on the past decade reflect on where you've changed how you've grown what you're letting go of to make space for 2020. This week on the podcast, I'm talking with Chelsea Marlowe. Chelsea is so inspiring. We recently got connected through the wonderful world of Instagram, and I am amazed by this young soul and everything that she is doing. We jump right in in the episode and we talk about all the things. It's a lot of fun. Stella makes a couple of appearances. I'm not going through and editing any of the things out so you can hear this beautiful, fun, raw conversation. I hope you enjoy it as much as I enjoyed having it. Before we jump into the episode, since we are moving into the new decade... I've got a lot of fun events happening, and I would love for you to come and experience all of this with me. On January 11th, I'm teaching a two-hour Creatively Manifesting Your Life workshop at Ananda Yoga and Wellness in New Jersey. That is from 1 to 3 p.m. January 11th, 2020. January 11th, Ananda Yoga and Wellness. On January 17th, New Year, New You, Kundalini Yoga and Meditation Workshop at Yoga Brain from 7 to 9 p.m. We're going to be doing a lot of meditating, a lot of journaling, and we're going to share. We're going to talk about things that may come up in the meditation, things that may have come up in the new year. We're going to share. We're going to grow. We're going to heal. And we're going to get ready to make 2020 the best year ever. 
January 24th, I am at Palo Santo Wellness in South Philly. I'm so happy to be teaching The Heart is a Magnet. It is such a fun workshop, opening up your heart, raising the level of your vibration, and just coming into this beautiful state of heart coherence and brain coherence to start manifesting and bringing into your life everything that you want. That's January 24th, 6.30 to 8.30, Palo Santo Wellness. And then the following Saturday, I jump in my car and I head up to Scranton, Pennsylvania to Mission Yoga, 1 to 3 p.m., creatively manifesting your life. It's a good one. I'm excited to be heading back to Northeast Pennsylvania to share my love of Kundalini Yoga and manifesting with everyone. It is going to be a packed month of all kinds of fun goodness. Head to my inspirecreatemanifest.com website for more information. I'm also doing transformational coaching, life coaching, manifestation coaching, ascension coaching. If you're starting to hear your intuition speak to you and you want to start working with the gifts that you have, reach out, let's talk, let's set up a discovery call to see if we would be a good fit to work together. You can set up those calls on inspirecreatemanifest.com as well. There's also a 12-week program coming mid to end of January called Finding the Light Within. And it's going to be 12 weeks of life coaching, transformational coaching, meditation, journaling, creating new habits and patterns within your life to give yourself more time, but also to connect to the infinite creative being that you are. I'm so excited for all of the fun things that are happening in 2020. Head to inspirecreatemanifest.com and just, just make that a favorite because there are a lot of fun events that are going to be coming at you a lot of fun speaking engagements, all kinds of amazing things are in store for you. Thank you for being here. Now kick back, enjoy this episode, this super fun conversation with Chelsea, and buckle up, get ready for everything that's coming at us the next couple of weeks. If anything that you hear in this podcast, anything that I say inspires you, please share this with your friends. If you're rocking that story world on Instagram, put it in your stories and leave a comment on iTunes or Spotify. Leave a review, a rating. It really helps get the podcast out in front of more people. Thank you so much. Now I promise I'm going to be quiet and enjoy this extra fun conversation with Chelsea Marlowe. Well, you have fun editing because yeah, or we'll, it'll just it'll just go. 
Um, so we got connected, I think, because I assume from Noah. Instagram, Noah Julian. Yeah. Ah, I mean, I'd like all of a sudden it was like we're. Yeah, I was yeah. following you. You were following me, and I'm like, who is this person that's like doing parkour and jumping around? And wait a minute, she's swinging a sword now. Hold on, she's professional yes. wrestling. Oh. She's singing opera. <laughs> uh, and I think she might be a ballerina and she's an actress. Yes. And I was like, well, serious? Well, <laughs> like I get like some people like, okay, I, I might do parkour and this, or I can act and right. sing. But it seems like you just said, fuck it. I'm going to just a master little, all yeah, the things. A little bit. And it's all, I don't know. So it, weirdly enough, it all has coming together like it all goes together uh-huh. in a weird way but yeah i think yeah i guess we just found each other on instagram and it may just be a fluke that noah's worked with you but right he's because i only go to noah for yoga ah uh, that makes sense yes he's so good he's so good and we're like kindred spirits because he is a music person too right right so like we get each other on that level right i do love noah but uh so everyone, I'm talking to you, uh, Chelsea Marlowe, the master of everything. <laughs> if you're like, who, who, what, who's, ha- yeah, what's, who's talking yeah. right now? So it's that's me. what's happening. Um, but yeah, it was so like I think when I first started following you, it was all this parkour stuff happening. Yes, and I'm like, well, that's super fun. I really wanted to, I would love to do that, but I'm old. Um, and but you can still do it. We I definitely know. have a lot of I, I can. people your can. age doing it. <laughs> Back so. in the day, I um, like me and my before it was parkour, mm-hmm. we would like jump over cars and yeah, jump thing. down steps and yeah. do all those kinds of things. And when I was in 10th grade, mm-hmm. 9th grade, going to 10th grade, the high school that I went to had all of these steps yeah like maybe 40 Mm -hmm. like it looked like a castle and on the side there was all of these steps Mm -hmm. and the one night we were hanging out and for some i mean i ran track and did the long jump and did all that stuff but it seemed like these like three guys that i hung out with we all just jumped all over shit like i don't know why (laughs) and um my one like we were hanging out my one friend went for a walk to have a makeout party in the alley with some girl and me and my other friend were hanging out on the steps waiting for him and he jumped down all the steps and i'm like oh that's cool i'm like of course i had to do better than him so i jumped down all the steps and clicked my heels great not so much no because then i land it with my on the side of my foot Mm, like yeah, this. yeah 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 and, and you just this went. ankle bone the the round part popped right yeah. off like so much pain so yeah and then my friends poor. wheeled me home on a skateboard hey good and times. i told my mom that i ran into a pothole oh my it was, god it was year probably like 15 years later that i'm like this is what really happened i love you mom we just jumped down some stairs um yeah. yes and then after that it healed fine. They wanted to do all kinds of surgery and stuff. I'm like, no way. You're not yeah. putting pins in me. That'll It'll just heal. And it did. And it did? Thank, thank nice. God. I also had a broken hand at the same time. Oh, my God. Oh, um, you were just accident prone. Yeah, but I never, up until like that two-week period, I never broke a bone. Right. 
in my life. It was just a bad... I have not broken a bone yet. Well, that's awesome. Which is a miracle. <laughs> so tell us, who who are you? How yeah. did how did all of this come? How? <laughs> Man, I, I'm really supportive. Where do you come from? I'm really supportive parents. And that is where all this has come from. Um, I, gosh, I don't know. I guess it all started. So I'm not a ballerina. Okay, you just to dance. To clarify that, I don't dance. Oh, ah, well, actually, what was that? I actually <laughs> did. So La Boheme, the staging of that they do in at Philly Opera, mm-hmm. is based on all the paintings at the Rodin Museum. So we were, so they have to have three, they have to have three Degas dancers. Mm-hmm. So Degas is the guy that painted all the ballerinas. That's all we were. Oh, So we okay. did not, da- like one of the girls was actually a ballerina and bless her heart because she got thrown in there with me who is not. So I got to play like the dumb little sister ballerina the whole time. So I would just run into everybody. I played chase with the main character, with one of the main guys on stage. Mm -hmm. Like we were just like flirty and cutesy and that was it. That's what I did. (laughs) It's not a ballerina. I just fit the stereotypical, I fit in the costume that Uh they already had because they've done this, they do this staging a lot. Mm -hmm. So they were looking for people a certain size that had a certain look that could fit in this little teeny ballerina costume. So not a ballerina because during one of my first ballet recitals, I sat on stage and un, I just like unraveled my dress instead of doing the recital, Oh. which is when my mother decided I wasn't going to do ballet. I see. So do we need to add stripper in here? Not that there's anything no. wrong with strippers. You don't have to add strippers in there. I did not do that, but I did. Yes. I unraveled my ballet dress when I was in like, when I was like five in a ballet recital, my mother decided ballet was not for me. And tried to find something else for me to do. And the girl she was like babysitting Mm -hmm. did martial arts. And so my mom's like, sure, whatever. We'll just do that. And that's where the martial arts began. Ah. In like first grade. So, Or I did, well, I guess I did figure skating before that. Mm -hmm. Because that was just something my mom wanted to do. Because she grew up in the north then. So we did that a little bit together. And then, yes, for my like main sport... I did martial arts until forever. I stopped like I stopped training at a dojo when I was in my probably my senior year before I went to college. Mm-hmm. But before that, yeah, it was like first grade until I went to college, um, which is also an adventure in its own <laughs> aspect <laughs> of life. <laughs> So you, it seems like you have just been a creative then since you've come out yeah, of the womb. I think so. Are your parents creatives? <laughs> so, so my mom, my mom played violin in the orchestra when she was in like, when she was little. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, my dad's in, he, he's an accountant. He, um, is VP of payroll for Regal and my mom's computer science. Hmm, so she's a programmer. Yes. No, huh. my sister's going to school to be a lawyer. Like, no, I'm not creative. Like, they're very <laughs> smart people. <laughs> wow, that's interesting, but yeah. very supportive, obviously. They're very of... supportive of me doing anything that catches my interest, mm-hmm. which has helped yeah. a lot um, and definitely has is why I can do so much stuff now. Because, mm-hmm. yeah, I did the martial arts. I always kind of like music. I always was super connected to it. Um and it helped because my mom played lots of different music growing up. She wasn't just 
my dad played, you know, 80s rap, and that's what my dad played, and that's all he played. Uh-huh. But my mom was, you know, playing me film scores, and Whitney Houston, and Alana Morissette, and Joan Jett, and that's what I grew up listening to, all these kinds of music with her, mm. which helps. Um, and then I was always that kid, you know, that stood up at the doctor's office and pulled the footstool out, and like stood on it and sang out my little teapot for everybody. <laughs> my mom's favorite story because that's when she like when i started doing that she's like cool i guess one day we're gonna have to figure this out mm-hmm. so as your mom was playing you all of this good music were you just singing along oh like, yeah like was it was it just yes i say flowing out of i you? guess apparently um <laughs> according to her yes i sang everything all the time nice from the <laughs> um i was just talking to a friend that was here last night that is a, a singer songwriter mm. all that stuff about singing because i'm like i can talk and sometimes depending the time of day it sounds like i have a late night radio voice so it's yes. like welcome to slow jams <laughs> and then when i sing if i sing alone like before you came i was listening to jason Mraz and just singing along yeah. and as long as someone that can sing is singing yes. i can sing along yes and i think i'm okay but if I just grab my guitar and start to play and sing, then I'm like, what, what is happening? Where, where's that voice? Why isn't it, why doesn't it sound the same way when I'm singing with Jason Mraz? Um, but my mom used to play me Barry Manilow when yes, I couldn't we, fall asleep. Yes, oh my gosh, my sister loved Barry Manilow. <laughs> and then I would just start, I apparently just started singing along. Yeah. And then it was just like, whatever song would come on the radio, I would just sing along to. Um, and it just felt so good. But I never... I th- I think if I was given the opportunity mm. growing up, I would have like explored that world of yeah. the arts. I grew up in the Poconos and I was more like I played football because I was like, well, you're a boy and you're supposed right. to do these things. And I did all of that. And I remember watching this show about this football player, Walter Payton, and how he took ballet mm-hmm. because it made him more limber and it yep. made him be able to do all the things. I'm like, I want to take ballet. <laughs> Like he did it, and everyone like, nope, you can't do it. I'm like, I don't, I don't understand. Walter what? Payton, right? Like, like his nickname is Sweetness. I can be Sweetness. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think. I mean, I love my childhood, but I feel that there's a lot. I don't know. Maybe if I was in a city, that there would have been more. Like, oh, go explore this. Maybe. But I didn't grow. I mean, I grew up in Knoxville, Tennessee, so I didn't grow up in a big city. You're a either. girl. But my parents, I, yeah, I know. I do think that, well, because my parents had two girls. They uh-huh. didn't have boys, which I think semi-helped to that. Mm-hmm. So, like, I grew up doing construction stuff with my dad, and he taught me how to do stuff with my car, and we worked for Habitat for Humanity forever. Um, so I think my parents overall didn't push the gender stuff as much, mm-hmm. whether it was, like, just because... My dad didn't have a boy, so he right. just was working with what he had. Or, <laughs> or they're they're Yankees and didn't grow up in the South, right? <laughs> which might also have helped. Um, like I didn't start taking pictures until I was in college. Oh, yeah, because my football coach put me. He was also my academic advisor and ah. put me in a photography class because oh. it would be an easy A. That's funny. I failed. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, I didn't go to class. It was Friday afternoon at three o'clock. It was so hard I to mean, get to class. I failed my speech class in college. If that makes you feel better as a performance major, so let's be real. So did you fail because you didn't go to class? I did go to class. I failed because I just couldn't do it. <laughs> I fell in love worse. with photography and then I let go of my football scholarship and yeah. went to art school. Um, oh, yeah, I'm sure you're but it was all like, what? I'm like, I, you shouldn't have put me in that class, I guess. Yeah, it's your fault. Oh, right. You've done this. Yeah, he was super pissed. And I'm like, you That's did it. Funny. And he's like, you failed. I'm like, I know, but I love but it. But I really liked it. <laughs> and then after the kids that I went to high school with, they were like, why didn't you take photography in high school? And I'm like, there was a photography class right. in high school. There was a dark room in the high school that I was in. <laughs> really? That's I'd, super cool. I had no clue though. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah. My school, yeah. my high school is not very supportive of the arts. So I kind of did all my stuff outside of school. Mm. Which in some ways was good because uh-huh. I was not super connected to my high school. Like we had a very small choir and a very small theater department and that was it. That was the arts. That was the arts. <laughs> that was the arts at our school because it's <laughs> the South. We had a football team. Right. And where <laughs> in the South did you grow up? Uh, Knoxville, Tennessee. So it's like right at the base of the Smokies. Mm-hmm. We're in the valley. Um, and where did you go to college? In Tennessee? In Knoxville also. <laughs> ah, the big orange tea. Big orange tea. Yes. I love that color orange. I love that orange. I love that that orange became our school colors because of a flower that grew on the hill uh, that we killed off by having a school there and no longer exists. Are you serious? Yes. Wow. It's my favorite. Yes, they, they made all our school colors and whatever, 1774, whenever the school is made based on, yes, the hill. They these crazy orange flowers bloom and they no longer exist because we've managed to kill them off. Wow. So balls. <laughs> oops. Oops. My bad. <laughs> so in college, you were a theater arts I major? I was a music major. Music so major. So opera is not considered theater. Oh, it I'm is, sorry. I know. Well, <laughs> yes. The theater departments like to make that specification. Uh, yes, we did not have a good working relationship between the theater department and the music department. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, so we so so I have a a BA in music, even though I was doing pretty much opera performance as a degree, mm-hmm. um, which is fine. We learned piano and music theory and barely learned how to act because we were opera singers and apparently we didn't need that. <laughs> we needed all these music courses, right? Uh, and it was fun, and I did learn a lot. Um, I didn't end up doing... I didn't do a lot of shows. I did one show in college. And then I stage-managed everything else. So my freshman year of college was the first year our opera director was working as a professor at a school. Mm-hmm. So I went to him after his first semester and was like, I really like what you're doing, but I didn't go to a school with an arts program, and I don't actually know anything about opera because I take this degree because I was good at it but I've never been to an opera till this year wow can I like do something else for you so I can learn stuff and he's like yeah sure you can be my stage manager and I was like cool that sounds easy yeah that'll be fun it's not easy and (laughs) then his wife ended up having to come in and teach me how to be a stage manager for him wow but I ended up stage managing almost every show when I was in college which was super fun (laughs) it's like 
if you have a personality, like, it's super fun because it's just organizing everybody, telling everybody what to do, translating what the director is trying to say, and he was crazy, to the other students, but they were, like, all grad students. Mm -hmm. Most undergrads weren't in the shows, so I was getting to spend time with grad students who were much older than me, who had kind of been out working in the field. Mm -hmm. So I learned a lot just by doing that. However, I did not spend a lot of time with people my own age because of that. So I ended up not having a normal college experience Uh because I was with all of these older grad students the whole time (laughs) who were like over the college experience. Right, right. So how how did the opera singing... Um, <laughs> start you know because I like I said like I can sit here and sing uh, along yes, to Jason yes. Mraz and Trevor Hall but I would never be like hi I think I'm gonna put on an opera and, <laughs> and see where my voice goes definitely <laughs> so when I started voice lessons my mom found me a teacher she actually lived up in the Smokies um, and her husband had worked for he, he played steel guitar for Patsy Cline mm-hmm. and all those big name country singers um and he played in the Grand Ole Opry, starting at the age of like 14. Mm-hmm. But um, so she, this woman was teaching kind of like country gospel type m- music. Um, and my mom found her. I don't even know how my mom found her. But that's where I went because it was the voice teacher my mom found. Uh-huh. Um, so I went to her starting in like fifth grade. And I learned how to sing country music. <laughs> I learned where you put all the diphthongs in and I learned how to dress like a country gospel singer would dress and act and I did that and it was super fun but after like by the time I got into middle school she was like cool this isn't where your voice like you can do it and it's cute and it sounds good but this isn't where your voice sits so she started kind of transition trying to transition me into more classical so I ended up doing a lot of folk music for mm-hmm. a year. So I did a lot of uh, Irish, Scottish folk music. It's kind of how she pushed me into the classical world. Mm-hmm. Um, lots of uh, Celtic, trying to teach myself uh, Gaelic and like middle school, <laughs> which because I would just listen and I'd listen for all the sounds and I'd write all the sounds out. And that's why I was like literally teaching myself how to make sounds. I didn't know what any of it meant, but that's what I was doing. Um, <laughs> and then after that, she's like, cool. She found, uh, there's a singer named Charlotte Church who was a younger singer and she did like the pop opera, like Josh Groban mm-hmm. and her were kind of like the big pop opera people when I was in middle school. So then I got a bunch of her CDs and that's what we started doing. Um, and when her husband, Walt, passed away, he had a stroke and passed away, so she went back home to Texas to live with her family, and then I didn't have anyone. So my mom, who had actually gone back to school while we were, during this time she had gone back to school, and part of her requirement was to do some sort of arts credit, so she was like, mm. I'll just do violin. I did violin, I'll do violin. <laughs> so my mom's taking this violin course with one of the professors at the community college, who used to be um, one of the vocal professors at the University of Tennessee. Mm. And all Shelley does is classical music. 
So my mom's like, cool, this is where you're going to go now because this is a person we know. <laughs> so this is where I went. And I went in there and Shelly was like, cool, you have a basic understanding of classical music. She was like a hard ass. Like Shelly, she's a hard ass. She has perfect pitch. She could learn an instrument in an hour if she wow. wanted to. I watched her teach herself guitar in an hour. That's insane. She played, She when she was, so she studied at the University of Tennessee as well. She was a violin performance major, a vocal performance major, and a music ad major while in school there. Um, wow. She's yeah, got one she's of those big brains. <laughs> crazy. Like, she just knows everything. But because she knows everything, knows she knows everything, she's a hard ass. But I learned a lot from her. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so she was kind of my transition into classical music. And it was, it's what sat. Like, it made sense in my body and my voice where I can sing pop music and I can sing along to it and it's cute and fine, but it doesn't play the same. Like, it doesn't sound right coming Mm -hmm. out of me. Like, my voice was made to sing classical music. Interesting. Which is, it sounds weird. And there's definitely singers that can transition between stuff and that's awesome. Mm -hmm. I am not really that person. I don't... (laughs) I don't know. It's the way you're built, how your body works. So classical music's just kind of where I fell into. And because it was comfortable, it was easy. Mm-hmm. And so since it was easy, I could play around with it. And I could enjoy being in the space and learning characters and learning the music. Mm-hmm. Plus, it's... Stella. Goodness. Stella Grease. Stella Grease, everyone. <laughs> Plus... Um, I really like languages and stuff, so it gave me a chance to, you know, learn Italian and German and French and two different types of Spanish. Wow. And, which was super fun, and I love that aspect of it, for sure. Um, so that's kind of where I fell into opera. It was just fluke. Everything in my life has been some fluke where my mom was like, we got to find something for you. This is what you're going to do. <laughs> And and then once I find the thing I like, it was easy to stick with it. Mm-hmm. Um. So then how did the acting come in? Is this is so... acting been a recent thing or is like what? <laughs> it's because seriously, I know, like, it's, it's you like all have to. Weird. I'm going to I'm going to link Chelsea's Instagram so you can just see it because it's like, wait a minute. Wait, wait. You're body slamming somebody right now. Yeah. So that's so... even that's even. <laughs> whole different story like that's even yes a whole different world of things so the acting on its own i guess just comes from i mean when you when you sing you do end up acting not everybody some people do what we call park and bark which is where they stand there and they sing Mm -hmm. well opera i think when i think of opera (laughs) i think it very theatrical right and that it is like an an an, an act but you also have this amazing gift that you can right. sing like an angel. And a lot of people, yes. And it is, there, there's a division in opera of people that park and bark and people that actually can act. Um, Shelly was one of those people that always said, you're an actor, not a singer, and don't be a stupid singer. So learn the music. Oh. Which was very hard for me, but it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, and up until, I don't know, there was a point in college where I was like, cool, like, I would just stand and sing, and I'm like, cool, I'm good at this, whatever. But, or I'm decent, at least. And She's then, 
Yeah, and then it just <laughs> yeah, it's fine. It's okay. She she she's good. Trust me. Um, <laughs> there was just a there's a moment that clicked at some point where I was when when I figured out how to connect with the music and mm-hmm. the characters, and a lot of that came from just researching the history of the composer and what was going on in their life. Oh. Uh, once I learned what was going on in their life at the time that they were writing this music, it was or the characters they were basing it off. So like. Um, the Mignon leader, which is what I've been posting recently, is romantic period and like learning all the periods of music and what they were going for and and it's almost and she's almost hyper romanticized. But there's a book. Uh, Goethe wrote an entire uh, Villa Meister, which is this whole book, and she's throughout it. So I wouldn't go and buy the fucking books and re- sorry. No, no, it's okay. We I can, have an we explicit rating on my podcast, <laughs> yeah. so I don't think about it. <laughs> yeah, I don't even think I said, oh, right, she's a co-host of a podcast as well. Uh, but anyway, we'll, we'll get, get there. there. <laughs> um, so I would go and I would like buy entire like, you know, German books and read them so that I could understand characters better. And then I was like, cool, this is great. This is easy. Now I understand where they're coming from. And it's easy for me to convey that. Mm-hmm. Um, so the acting for me was more of just relating things to my life and making the songs about me and not uh-huh. about other. Right. About like this state of this is a character. Let me tell you about this character. Mm-hmm. It's easier to become part of it when you know kind of the history behind what's going on in the music. Um, right. And then when I moved to Philly and realized it's really hard to be an opera singer at the age of 24 (laughs) when they're not hiring a lot of young opera singers to do stuff um, Mm. because the female... So the female voice doesn't fully develop until your mid-30s. Oh, really? So most people don't really get into big opera companies until their late 20s, 30s. Wow. Um, which I re- I I knew that like fact, but I never realized I never like put it together as a oh you're not gonna get hired for anything <laughs> until you hit that age. Mm-hmm. Um, and being in Bohem, being in that last show at Philly Opera is when I like realized I was like oh everyone here is in their their forties or more, or they at least look that age. Right. I am never going to <laughs> like that's why I'm not getting hired for anything. Because they can't put me on a stage with a bunch of forty-year-olds because I'll look like a child. Right, you are blessed with this this youth. I do have like <laughs> yes, and I do look like a baby. So that's kind of where I had to reevaluate what I wanted to do, or at least figure out something to do until. In in which is so stuff. interesting because like there's so much there's so many. I think careers in like that yeah. field out there of whatever that's like, oh, I'm 40. I can't do this anymore. Right. Well, well and and there, once you hit 40 and 50, you can't do it anymore either. It's well, right. You know what I mean? It's window. like there's that like where yeah. typically I think a lot of people think, oh, well, you're 24. You should be able to do anything. Like you can, right. you so can do I it think, all. Yeah. And that's just so not true. So I can do. So, yeah. So I was like, cool. I can do stuff on my own. I can do recitals on my own. Which, honestly, I like more. Because it's me getting to pick my music, mm-hmm. pick characters I want to keep playing with, and and teach people about it also. So, like, I can do recitals where I give history in between stuff mm-hmm. and really talk about what's going on. Which is nice. Um, but, yes, then I went into 
my existential crisis where I was like, cool, I went to school for four and a half years to get this degree. What am I going to do? <laughs> um, which is kind of how the acting stuff has come up. So I, in, I don't know, it's all like mushed together, but I started, you know, trying to get into plays and theaters, which was really hard in Philly because they have such a, a community already here. Uh-huh. Everybody's coming out of Temple and UArts, and it's really hard to get in if you uh-huh. haven't been here. Um, so I decided to try to do film because that's I grew up. I grew up in it. My friends had a lot of my friends wanted me to go to film school to start with uh-huh. instead of music school, um, and I was like, "That's silly. Why would I do that? I sing. I'm a singer." <laughs> what I do I can't justify film school I've never done anything with film except talk about it Mm -hmm. so so I was like cool I guess I'm gonna try to do film (laughs) Um, I love that though like (laughs) it's so great for this inspired creativity podcast it's like fuck it I guess I'll go do a film because why not (laughs) you hear that everybody (laughs) drop your fucking excuses and just do it Try it. Why right? Not? What's the worst thing? What's the best thing that oh, can happen? I spent a year getting nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> I spent a year having an existential crisis and getting no work. But, but yeah, so I, I like met people. Um, I met a lot of people through the- There yes. you go. Yes. Get it out. <laughs> All right, still relax now. Yeah, relax. Okay. We're, we're safe. Now Good I'm going to have to edit this. <laughs> I hope you're happy. Good job. Yeah, um, we're, we're totally safe. We are. Sit down. We're good. Thank you. Hi. All right. All right. Sorry. Yeah, so. Um, and we're back. And we're back. <laughs> <laughs> she does have a very scary, scary uh, no, bark for bark such a though. little girl. Yes. Um, so I... I through my year in Philly, I'd met lots of people, talked to people, tried to figure out exactly what I wanted to do. Um, and and a lot of them kind of gave me resources uh, to, of people to reach out to to kind of get more involved in film. So I've been doing that now. Really, this is the first year I've done anything. Mm-hmm. So I had a Philly opera at the beginning of the year, which was awesome. It was just one of those things that I happened to reach out at the right time that they needed someone uh-huh. where I would just email them. I was like, Hey, I don't know what you guys need right now, but here's my information. If you can use me, please use me. That's awesome. Um, and, and again, you hear that everyone? Yeah. <laughs> I, I just put a little effort, Put just... a little effort. And yeah. And it just happened to be a fluke that they needed those girls that were that same size and couldn't find anybody or they had someone drop out. I don't even remember. Mm-hmm. Um, and and then yeah i started getting film stuff around the summer because philly did like a tax thing to get more film into philadelphia mm-hmm. and since atlanta pissed everybody off with the abortion ban right a lot of people were coming here so they moved a lot of stuff out of atlanta here um so it's, it's just like good timing for me, um, so I had I had found this uh, casting company here who you literally submit your information to, and when they they'll just post stuff and you're just like I'm available for mm-hmm. all these things I'm available for everything, and then if they need you they'll call you. 
So I've ended up getting super lucky with them. Um, and actually, like, the first show I worked on, Dispatches, which just we wrapped. We had the wrap party at the beginning of November. Um, and it'll premiere in March. Hi! I know you really want to play. Stell. <laughs> Serious. But, uh... <laughs> She's six. She's not I, a puppy. Well, she thinks she's a puppy. Um, yeah, yeah. So we, I did dispatches, which ended up being amazing because it was super small. Mm-hmm. Um, at least what I, I worked in the, I was just like background working in the office in it. But there were only like six of us as background, and then Jason and one other, and Andre normally who are like the main actors. In our like sequence of the show, uh-huh. but um, but it worked out because I was able to like hang out with Jason Siegel and talk to him about his stuff, but also become really good friends with the tech crew. Uh huh. Um, so like I like our PAs and the people in charge of us, uh, Scott. It was amazing. I worked. I like we become ended up becoming friends and talking all the time about work. Um, and also through that, I ended up getting. Because it was such a small cast, they're required to have so many, um, like, union actors, mm-hmm. which Philly doesn't have a lot of, because uh-huh. there's not a lot of, there had, up to this point, there haven't been a lot of union jobs. So we were getting our union vouchers. Oh. And to join union, you have to have three vouchers. Mm-hmm. So I ended up, on my first show, like my first film thing I've worked on, getting all three of my union vouchers from my, from that one thing, which has been awesome. But also just lucky. Being in the right place at the right time. Having the availability to do stuff. And having a job that's willing to work around me getting called on set, you know, right. 24 hours prior to needing to be on set. Mm-hmm. Um, so I did that and it was amazing. And then I've done Dawn of the, uh, Dawn of the Dead's doing a sequel called Army of the Dead. Which will be a Netflix movie. And I got to do that and I hated it. But... But it's fine. Can, can we say why, 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 why did you hate it? I just, I didn't enjoy the process of it. And a part of it is because Dispatches was so was such an intimate process. And we were kind of just wearing day clothes the whole day and mm-hmm. hanging out. And it was just very different. And then Army, we were called at 2 a.m. to be at set to do makeup. Mm. And in Atlantic City... And then we were in makeup for hours in like the start casino. They took all our phones because somebody had linked pictures prior to us, like in other days of filming. Someone mm-hmm. linked a bunch of pictures. So they took everybody's phones when you walked in the door. On top of the fact that we're in an abandoned casino, so there's no clocks. There's no windows because mm-hmm. casinos don't have windows. And we were there for like 16 hours. Ah, so it's not out. All is glorious. It was not. It was not a glorious process. And on top of the fact that we're all in this horrific zombie makeup, like their most of their budget went into special effects team, Mm -hmm. so that they didn't have to do like um, like editing effects. Like they wanted it to be just makeup, Uh like old school. So that it works coherently with the other movies, right. which have been coming out since way before mm-hmm. <laughs> all that stuff. So, so it was just not a fun process. I did not enjoy it. There were people that went a lot and worked on it and loved it. Mm-hmm. It was just not. And some of it's because I was spoiled. 
Right. <laughs> I was very spoiled um, <laughs> with dispatches, and I loved everybody working on it. So, yes, it was just, it was a process. I did meet a lot of wonderful people, though. Um, and then Mare has been the same thing. It's filming right now, which is an HBO show. And it's another, it's a lot of the same crew mm-hmm. from dispatches. So it's been nice. But, yeah, so that, like, my acting really is... But it just started. It really just started. That's awesome. But Uh, things are happening. It's not like it's just like, oh, I had a gig, like, three years ago, and now I got another one. Right, and I I think some of that's just luck. Like, I've Mm -hmm. I've been lucky enough that I've... That Philly had all this stuff moving at the same time. Um, And once I got that stuff, then I was able... and, And SAG, it was easy for me to get an agent... Um, so like I'm doing a commercial Monday because of them and it's just, yeah, it's luck. It really is. Right. It was, I, I was lucky that dispatches was set up the way it was mm-hmm. and I was lucky that I happened to apply to this one casting agency and that they finally got their stuff together that they were hiring people. Instead of just the same 10 actors, which is what they were doing before. Uh, so it, it was So luck. I think you can say it's luck, but you also put a little effort in. I, there was it like, is, I mean, it's a lot of effort. It's a lot of sitting around being sad. <laughs> you're not getting work. <laughs> and trying to figure out what you're doing. What more could I be doing to get work? When in actuality, it's just... Right, there's really not much. If they happen to flip open your picture and say, oh, I need a person over the age of 18 that looks like a high schooler for this show because mm-hmm. that's what mayors takes place in a high school so mm-hmm. there's a ton of you know 20 to 30 year olds that look like they're 16 <laughs> which is great for me because <laughs> see the balance on having the way to do the opera it it's is, like yeah. here's the bonus i get to play that a 16 year old <laughs> yeah on the show um so yeah it, it's luck it's Oh, it is a lot of working, and and I definitely know people that work way harder than me to get stuff. <laughs> so I, which is why I say like I got lucky because mm-hmm. I know people that get way less work that do way more mm-hmm. to get work. Um, and that's kind of like that's where my act is. Like I'm I'm still learning how to act. Uh huh. In essence, learning how to act without music. Right. Because with music, it's easy. Because mm. you have a piano expressing some of your thoughts and inner thoughts. And and that's helpful. Where in acting, it's just you having to convey things without it feeling fake. Right. Uh, which is hard. But I'm enjoying learning it mm-hmm. on my own. <laughs> I, I, I love so much how you're saying you're enjoying learning it. But as you're learning it, it's happening. Yes, I am learning through work, which is intense. And I wish I remembered the the study, but there was a a study done about how men, if men are given an opportunity mm-hmm. and don't know what the fuck we're doing, we'll just say, yeah, I'll do it and yeah. we'll figure it out. But a lot of times women won't take that step. Yeah. They'll be like, oh, I'm not. I really don't know what the fuck I'm doing, but I'm going to do it. And it seems like with acting, you're just like, fuck it. Uh, why not do yeah. it and figure it out along the way? And it's working. It is working, I think. Well, I, I think... <laughs> I think it's working. I'm, I am working. <laughs> right. If you're working... I am working and I'm getting jobs, so I am guess I'm doing it right. <laughs> right, right. That's so awesome. So... so 
Okay, so, so that's we, that we, acting. We, right. So we got acting. We've got opera. Um, should we talk about your podcast? Because I, I also want to talk about this fucking professional wrestling. Well, let's, let's, uh, no, actually, we'll talk about the podcast because that's kind of does still fall into all this. Yes, it does. Uh, <laughs> Well, no, because it's, it's, so your podcast is history. My podcast is history, a history podcast. Um, Which really makes sense now, knowing all of the research and stuff that comes in with all of this. And, and this also has to do with my really supportive parents. But, um, (laughs) so one of the things I did when I moved up here and couldn't get work, I ended up just applying for everything because I stage managed in college. So I would just apply for jobs mm-hmm. uh, at any of the theaters, whatever it was. One of those jobs is um, I applied for was being a dresser, which literally is just your quick changing people and getting them in costumes, getting costumes ready. Um, and I applied to all these jobs knowing full well that I was not qualified for any of them. I was qualified to be a stage manager and that was about it. Um, I cannot sew. I do not know how to sew. I do not know how to make costumes (laughs) or fix costumes. (laughs) I've learned how to steam costumes and iron costumes. (laughs) So I I got a call from Delaware Theater Company to interview because they needed a dresser for a show. Then I ended up doing, I think, three shows with them after that. And then doing a couple shows at People Light. Because once I was like had that connection, I was like, cool, now I'm getting all these jobs being a dresser. Which I have zero interest in doing. Um, and when I let that go is actually when I started getting all these job offers to do film. Uh-huh. So letting things go is good. Letting things go is so good. It's, I, yes, I love it that you said that. Um, a lot of that has been coming up. I'm a super weirdo in the woo-woo <laughs> land of things. And I think 2020, we're all getting an upgrade to our human operating system. Right. And in part of that, we have to let go. We got Like to my let couch, that I let go yeah. of my couch and we're sitting on the floor. But by letting go of my couch, I was able to start this meditation group. Right. That now I feel like I have this soul tribe of people that just mm-hmm. showed up at my door. I don't know who any of them are. <laughs> literally they all just came and i'm like all right i let go of this and it opened up so anyway got a little off topic there but let go of the shit that's not serving you people and when that happens yes i got all this other stuff which has been awesome and out of my comfort zone but it was great Mm -hmm. so yes i i ended up working at delaware um the head of the wardrobe department at the time and i it was just us i was her only dresser for that show um so we spent a lot of time together and in that time, we'd like all sit in the break room, all the other tech people, and her and I would just spew out random history. We're like, oh my God, did you hear this thing? And we would, <laughs> we, we, but we like take it to, I don't know, some bantery level. That's what everyone said. Everyone mm-hmm. was like, you guys should just do a history podcast because we're really sick of you just randomly giving us half-ass information about <laughs> Like... Like, let me tell you about this time way back in the 1600s with this guy just wanted to fuck all these women. And this is how he did it. Like, like that that's what we would do. And everyone's like, we don't care. We don't want to hear about it. We're like, no, 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 no. You do want to hear about it. So, you don't understand this you don't understand. dirt we got on we this guy from the 1600s. 
So it like became this ongoing joke where people would like send each other history memes, but then everybody else on staff would also do this mm-hmm. just to like see us come up with <laughs> witchy banter for <laughs> about history. Um, so that is kind of so we joked about it for a long time, and then after a year, like it had it was a year that we joked about this, and mm-hmm. then finally we're like, you know what? Let's just do it. Let's we'll we'll record it. We'll do it. We were working on a show anyways, and we're like, let's we we need something because the show was crazy. Everybody was miserable, and we just needed something to like lock ourselves away in a room for an hour and do something else. Mm-hmm. So we're like, we'll do the podcast. Let's just do it. So that's kind of where history came from. Mm-hmm. It came from the fact that Sean and I are nerds and like history anyways <laughs> and needed to get the fuck away from everybody in the theater and just like focus on one thing mm-hmm. that had nothing to do with work, um, which has been fun. Um, so, so we did that and then we both quit the theater because we were miserable. Uh-huh. Um, so this season of sister, like our second season of sister, is very different than our first one. Mm-hmm. Because our first one, we were just we were doing it in between shows. We were tired. We were miserable. But we were like trying to do this podcast also. Mm-hmm. And this season, she actually has moved. She's when we recorded the whole thing. She was getting ready to move to LA to like pursue. She's gonna do. Her and her sister are gonna open a studio. To make like stop motion films. Oh. So like she's in a good place. I'm in a good place. So this season's also why we talk so much. We're all <laughs> over the place. <laughs> like we're all over the place, but like in a much more positive light mm-hmm. than before. Um. So yeah, that's. I mean, that's our podcast. We just we come up with whatever like theme of that podcast and i do my research and she does hers and we don't know anything about it mm-hmm. and then we talk about it, it. and i was i was listening it, it it had this feel of like drunk history yes you know and, and we both love drunk history too we never we were going to do a drunk history episode and we haven't gotten there oh you should totally because we that. do we yeah it'll be <laughs> it's gonna be a hot mess but it'll be super fun because obviously we were giving off that vibe right just right being delirious and yeah lack of sleep well i think it's the um okay the lack of sleep but also just the fun like when it's just when you get to do like i feel no pressure doing this podcast because right. who the fuck cares like right, maybe you're listening maybe you're not we say it so much in our pod. We're like, I don't know, one's probably listening to this anyways. Who fucking cares? <laughs> right? It's like, oh, cool. People listened this week. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, it's always fun when everyone's like, oh, I liked this. I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> like, my manager at Starbucks had listened to it. And uh-huh. I was like, what? Why? <laughs> because it's just, can be, it's just like this fun thing we do. Right. Just to do something to sit for a couple hours and focus on something else mm-hmm. or just sit and research something that you're interested in right so. i just love talking to people so i'm like this is great that who, too who and cares yeah. if nobody listens i had a great time today but, <laughs> yes and i love i definitely yeah i love doing it um my my mom's real into history too so that's kind of what has spurred this like mm-hmm. we used to do she used to wake us up at like 6 a.m on the weekends and be like hey we're gonna go on an adventure and then we'd go and she'd just throw us in the car and we'd go to like a plantation house or a president's house or oh, cool. somewhere random. 
Um, so she kind of triggered that. Like at the time, I was like, "This is fucking stupid. Mm. It's early. I want to do this." <laughs> but also has like obviously triggered something that I do enjoy right. doing. She planted the seed. She's planted the seed, and yes, and that is kind of what. So my my interest in history has kind of come from that. Plus, you know, opera is so embedded, music so embedded in history that you mm-hmm. have to. If you don't enjoy history, then you're not gonna get anything out of music right really mm-hmm. um and and even in martial arts it's the same thing like i i've always liked history but never realized it was just part of what i was doing right, right. until i started doing this podcast and i'm like i really like history <laughs> <laughs> but i think you're also telling fun stories because history's fun and that's what, like <laughs> that sounded like such a a, a television commercial for, for school <laughs> history is fun, fun. kids yes <laughs> all that commercial training i'm doing right now it is though and and that's been like my mom's big thing was if we had done all these field trips when we were in school maybe kids would be more interested in history Mm -hmm. my mom also started doing genealogy and she's like once once she started connecting you know people with events and we started doing our trips based on our genealogy stuff so like we went down to New Orleans to find like the plantation our family used to live on and all these things. And wow. that was what we were learning in school. Mm-hmm. People would be way more interested in history than just sitting there reading a textbook. Right. And getting whatever the schools decided is history. Mm-hmm. Instead of going to the place and learning the history through the people that live there. Right. So... So that's been really helpful. Mm-hmm. And Sean had a very similar upbringing too, which is also why like, we can talk about the history stuff because we're real into it because we like to travel to these places. Because mm-hmm. um, her family kind of did similar stuff with her. Interesting. And you yeah. both just happened to meet at this theater? And we at both theater? just happened to meet at this theater that we were miserable at. And <laughs> yeah, and it was just a fluke thing that I just wanted a job to network in mm-hmm. and then yes when we met and realized we both had this interest in the same thing right to make our lovely maybe lovely podcast we do curse a lot it's okay there's her something da- wrong with cursing there's nothing wrong with it her dad her dad definitely commented after the first episode and was like you guys really shouldn't curse because then people can listen like teachers could send their students to listen to this stuff we're like yeah we'll try it did not work. Right. I try so hard I try not to so curse. Hard but... In it. but we get so excited <laughs> into it. And then also history is just dirty. <laughs> everything fun and interesting in history happened because people wanted to fuck something pretty much. <laughs> so that's... That's so great. People wanted to fuck something. Yeah, anything, <laughs> multiple people, multiple things, who knows? But the majority of history has come from the fact that people were trying to get laid. Mm-hmm. That's so, awesome. So we couldn't. We're like, I guess we can't. <laughs> we can't take the crazy out. We if this is for a college class. It's for, yes, <laughs> college courses. So so the podcast has been super fun. And, and yes, and my, yeah, all my history and everything kind of has come into that mm-hmm. it definitely in the first season there's a lot of music stuff this season we got away from the music because uh-huh. almost everything we talked about in the first season was music related <laughs> history um uh, for me mm-hmm. and then she did 
random stuff. But um, but it's been super fun. So I did that. And then what's next? What else do we need to talk about? So that's the podcast. That really is you, the podcast you, right you, now. You're, you're pro wrestling. Oh, yes. You're real stuck on there. <laughs> Well, I mean, it's not, it's like one thing to like see some pictures of, oh, wow, you're jumping off shit or you're jumping yeah. over shit. Um, but I think the day when you posted something like I'm wrestling tonight and then all of these wrestling posts came out, I'm like, seriously, because I think you might be the tiniest and only woman there. I was not, so I'm not the only woman at the thing and I am the smallest in our like group, but <laughs> Okay, so how does it even even get to that space of you know what I, I don't have anything to do this Tuesday I guess I'm gonna go I guess I'm gonna go wrestle. So, <laughs> <laughs> all right, so that we we gotta go back. Okay, we'll rewind. We'll we go gotta, back we in gotta history. Rewind to I don't even know what. Um, so so I have the martial arts experience. Mm-hmm. We did talk about this. Right. Yeah. Great. Um, years of it. I did XMA. I did like uh, mixed martial arts for a long time. And then I did traditional Japanese martial arts under a wonderful woman who actually lived in a dojo in Japan because uh, she was she was a military brat. Um, and she's a huge hippie also. But and she she's like a big basis of who I am now where like when I was working with her and all this stuff, I didn't realize what she was saying. Mm-hmm. But now I look back on it and I've realized how much she was saying I need to bring into my life. Stell, please stop it. I'm trying to hear a story and and host a podcast. You are not helping. It's playtime. Playtime. Stella, please. Why don't you go to your couch? Put the couch couch is in the kitchen. She's a Tennessee walking horse. She's very horse and deer like. Yes, it's so funny. Um, Sorry. Anyways, yeah, yeah. And we're back so, after we're Stella's back. commercial break. <laughs> and we're back. Um, so, so I did, and that's the one I, I like have put the most effort into was kind of the Japanese martial arts. Uh, so katana, naganata, battle fan, kukri, all that. Uh, I learned that's where I first started meditating and learning all that kind of stuff was through her and the the whole art of the samurai and who the samurai were. This is what our dojo was mm-hmm. we were trying to embody that those ideals um so i did that to college then i got distracted by opera for a while moved up here needed something to do um so i needed i needed like movement mm-hmm. like in college we were running around and and being a singer is very active as well like it it's a sport I consider being a singer, being an athlete. Mm-hmm. Um, but so, so my sister wanted to do American Ninja Warrior. <laughs> I went home for my mom's birthday the first year I was here, like two months into me living here. And for my mom's birthday, we went to one of the Ninja Warrior gyms in Atlanta. Well, I am not built for that. My sister is like, mm-hmm. she's a powerhouse. She, we are not built the same. I, I am lanky and scrawny and she is like stocky and power tumbler, uh, which is great. Mm-hmm. 
So I was brought out of place in this gym. <laughs> However, there, this is where the part, this is how I got introduced to parkour. Mm-hmm. So, which we'll get into the wrestling, I promise. <laughs> well, yeah, it kind of goes together. It all comes full circle. Mm-hmm. So I, I went there, was out of place. One of the guys, Julian, who I stayed in contact with, was getting ready to teach a class, uh, a parkour class. And so he's like, you look really uncomfortable. And I was like, great, I am. Like, I don't know what to do. I'm not running up that giant 16-foot warp wall. And I can't hold on to that bar very long. Like, I shouldn't be here. <laughs> While my sister, you know, is running this wall over and over and over mm-hmm. again. It was crazy. So he's like, he's like, well, come play with us. Let me teach you something. I'm like, okay, fine. Sure, whatever. So that's kind of where... So I worked with them for a while on just, like, little parkour, like, vaults and stuff. And I was like, this is kind of fun. I like this. I can get into this. And he was... Then, you know, then they tried to do their whole pitch to get you to join their gym. Mm-hmm. I was like, I live in Philly. Like, I can't. I'm sorry. <laughs> I just moved. And he's like, oh, there's this great gym that just opened. And the, I think it just opened in January. And I was like, cool. Well, I'll look it up. I'll go. So I ended up at Pinnacle uh, in East Falls through them. Like, these people in Atlanta are the reason that I ended up at this gym. Mm-hmm. Um, and I got super into it, mostly because I just didn't. I needed something to focus myself on. Uh-huh. Um, and a big part of the parkour thing was just I needed this. This is what I need right now. It's something to do. So I, I, got, into, I got into that for a while. And while I was there... I met a couple stunt people uh, that were doing films, and they were great and they were fine, but they weren't really helping me learn anything. Like they didn't want to spend time to teach. Mm-hmm. Like they were down to like sit and talk and give you people to like connect with, but if I don't know how to do it, they're like, "Yeah, it's great if you can do parkour, you can do stunts," and I'm like, "Cool, I don't understand that, but sure." <laughs> Uh, and they're actually the people they gave me are the reason I started getting acting jobs. My stuff not gotten any stunt jobs, but it's fine. <laughs> um, so I I like talked to them for a while, and then at the time I still I was very connected to the Temple Theater students. Mm. I knew people there. I had worked with them, so I was living and I was living on Temple's campus, um, just because I knew people, and that's they needed mm. someone to fill in a lease. So I, I like talk to people and they're like, well, you should do stage combat classes. And I was like, okay, well, sure. I guess if I'm going to do theater, because at the time I was still like, maybe theater is what I want to do. I can do stage combat. So I went to one class and then I ended up like literally the following week I had to work every Monday, which was the only day this guy was doing a class. Mm-hmm. So I did the one class, I came in at the end of one of the sessions it was horrifying because I didn't know anything going on. I had only done katana and it was for um, rapier, which is very different than a katana. Mm-hmm. On top of the fact that I hadn't done anything. Um, and so I got partnered with like the assistant for the class and Eli is wonderful, wonderful human. Uh, I actually had an audition with Eli earlier on that year. Um, at another show and then 
And then we were there, and Eli's kind of, like, been in and out of my life since then. Mm-hmm. But, uh, so I did that class, and I was like, cool, that was fun, it was great. I'm never going back. Because... <laughs> because it's on a day I can't work, but also because that was mortifying. Mm-hmm. Because there were, like, 30 people in this class, and I showed up at the end of it. And so what you do with stage combat is you do a certain number of hours... You learn a fight, and then mm-hmm. you have to you do your fight for an adjudicator, and then you get certified in that weapon. Uh-huh. I came in right before the adjudication process, mm. so <laughs> it was a lot on a weapon that made no sense to me whatsoever. <laughs> yes, thank you. Yeah, we're okay. Um, I know it's very exciting out there. So <laughs> I know. <laughs> Um, so at some point, yeah, yeah. So I, I did that. I was horrified and went back, like was hanging out with my roommates and his friend actually was super involved in the stage combat community. And he's like, oh, you should talk to Jax. She's great. She's wonderful. You'd really like her. And I... And I don't want to teach her. Because at the time, I was trying to get someone to come to the gym and teach something. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's like, I only really do stage combat. I don't want to teach film stuff. and Which is fine, because he's all right. He's all right. Um, <laughs> and he's like, you should talk to my friend Jax. She's amazing. She taught, like, everybody. She She's, like, the assistant of the guy that was teaching this course. Mm-hmm. Like, one of his protégés. And I was like, cool, sure, I'll try, whatever. And then I kind of, like, forgot about the whole conversation. I, like, forgot about it. I was working at the gym for, like, six months, I think. And she, her and Eli, who had been in that class teaching, mm-hmm. walk in the door of the gym. And I was like, your name sounds really fun. Well, she started following me on Instagram, actually. Like, two weeks prior to that, she followed me on Instagram. And I was like, I feel like this is that girl. (laughs) (laughs) Do you love it when that happens? Like, I think I might. I was like, I know I don't know her, but I feel like this is that girl that they were telling me to reach out to. (laughs) But, like, I'm not friends with this guy to ask. So, I'm just gonna... I guess we'll see. And then she happened to come to the gym. So she followed me because she started following a bunch of female parkour athletes. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I'm not trying to play with your tail. It's just saving life. <laughs> um, <laughs> Stella. So, come on, man. <laughs> you just can't do it. There's too many people on two days. It's too much. Um, yeah. So she, her and Eli both ended up coming to the gym. Um, and while she was there, I was like, hey, I think you follow me on Instagram. And she's like, I did because I like really want to learn all this stuff. This is how she talks. Mm-hmm. It's very exciting. Um, she's like, I lots of hand learn. movement happening she right does, now. She does. No, she does. We both do, but it's yes. She's like, I just want to learn all this stuff. She's like, I all about learning movement and different movement types and all these things. And, and I'm like, Cool. Can you come teach here? <laughs> She's like, teach what? I was like, I want to do film fighting. And I feel like somebody, I was like, Daniel, Daniel told me to reach out to you because he said you might be interested in doing that. And she's like, sure. Like, I normally, she's like, I do film sometimes, but like mostly 
she's she's a certified um, fight director through um, SAFD, which is a stage, uh, which is for stage combat. Mm-hmm. Um, so she's like, I really do stage a lot, but I'd be down to start like a film class because that's a way for me to practice and learn how to teach that aspect of it because I know I can teach mm-hmm. uh, stage combat, but film is totally different. Um, so I was like, cool, great, let's do it. Um, so we like set up a meeting and figured out when we were going to do the class and she started teaching class there, um, which was awesome. So like every Tuesday for a year I had this class I could go to and learn all this, learn all the, uh, film stuff, but also some of the stage combat stuff as well. Mm -hmm. Um, which is great. And she's great. Like she's, she's definitely my mentor now in Mm -hmm. every, in life as well. Um, not just in fighting um <laughs> not just on kicking life, people's ass <laughs> yeah she's become a life mentor as well and, and a lot of that and it's also we definitely have a give and take because i have a martial background and she doesn't she mm-hmm. only knows fighting through the uh, through theater mm-hmm. um so it's been nice because she's like marshally i don't think this is right and i'm like it's not but we can make it right mm-hmm. like we can we can make this look martially correct, and that would be way better, uh, which has been fun. So we've had a lot of fun like learning through each other. Um, and she's the one <laughs> who figured out who she knew the wrestling people. <laughs> uh-huh. So uh, her friend Mallory, who's also another um, fight director, was started doing the wrestling at the Maryland Ren Fair. Like she got into it. She was in she was in Maryland Ren Fair and there were two guys there, Joe and Mike, who do a Shakespeare inspired pro wrestling show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, they no longer this was their last year doing it cuz they're getting right they're actually going to start a school, a wrestling school. But um so she started doing that with them and Jax was like I want to learn this because at this point, Glow on Netflix mm-hmm. had come out. It was on its second season. And this seems like an important time for us all to learn how to pro wrestle. <laughs> so, and and this is the girl who came in and was like, I followed all these female parkour athletes because I just want to learn everything. Mm-hmm. So, of course, she wants to now learn pro wrestling. Right. So, she's like, I've reached out to Mallory and we're going to set up this workshop and we're going to do it in November. And you're going to do it too. And I'm like, of course I am. Because you just told me I have to do it. <laughs> so now I have to do it. And when Jax tells me I have to do something, normally I do it. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, so, so last November, we did our first pro wrestling. Where it's like an intensive. We do it over a weekend. Mm-hmm. They fit like six weeks of, of a pro wrestling class into two days. Including a show. Like we do a whole showcase the mm-hmm. second day. Um... And it was awesome. <laughs> like there, and it, and it's awesome because and like Joe and Mike are wonderful humans, mm-hmm. and I love them, and that's part of the reason why it was so awesome. Because you go into when you go into you know this abandoned. It's not an abandoned warehouse. It's an what is it? What's the word? It's like an artist. It, there's a warehouse. Uh huh. Uh, out by University City, but not like, it's kind of in a sketchy place, and it's 
pretty much just full of artists. Uh-huh. And it's really weird to get into. And it looks like it's falling apart. It has no air conditioning or heat. That is where Sounds we like did Sounds like the perfect this. place. This is where we did the workshop because <laughs> Jax knew someone who had a space in there that she could use for free. So this is where we did this workshop. So I go wandering in the middle of this very sketchy area of Philly to go... Wrestle. To go wrestle with people I don't know. <laughs> um, and of course, she is also never on time to anything. So it's late. Mm-hmm. It's like she's texting me. She goes, I'm going to be like three hours late. <laughs> like, Not just like a couple of minutes. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm going to be like half a day late. Like, <laughs> yes. And I was like, great. Cool. Um, this will be interesting. So I, yes, I met amazing human beings. And I've worked with all these me. I worked with a lot of them here. A lot of them are stage combat people. I just mm-hmm. hadn't met until this point. Um, but, but yeah, so pro wrestling is crazy. So, so in stage combat, you very rarely touch mm-hmm. people. Um, in film, you tend to touch more, but not. You try not to touch people, right. but like sometimes you have to. Otherwise, it's not going to read on film. Mm-hmm. But it's never like you know you're not punching people in the face. Like you're not hitting people hard. You're hitting them in places that are okay, like abs, backs, whatever. In pro wrestling, no matter how fake it is, you are still <laughs> getting thrown into a... It's not plywood, because I was recently corrected by Joe. But it's it's wood. They're wood boards. They're oak boards mm-hmm. that are covered with a mat. And that is what you're getting thrown into. Because it has to make a loud noise. Right. To be believable but you're still it should be believable you're still getting thrown around bumped what we call bumping into the floor (laughs) and you're doing it like safely like you're exhaling when you get thrown and you're (laughs) you're trying to take it in parts that are like you know have more muscle Mm -hmm. so you don't you know break your spine and (laughs) it's much more physical so Uh for me I really like pro wrestling. So I love stage combat and I love film. I love doing them. But what I hate about it is the lack of contact. Mm -hmm. So I like getting partners that, like people love partnering with me because I'm like, it's okay if you hit me. (laughs) Like make it real. Mm -hmm. You're not going to hurt me. Because I know theater people can't, will never hit hard anyways. Uh Because that's just not what we do. They do not give a shit in pro wrestling. They're like, this is going to fucking hurt. Ready? Okay. <laughs> I'm like, great. Thank you. <laughs> so for me, I love it because for me, that's, I spar. Like I used to competitive spar and stuff in martial mm-hmm. arts. Like I'm used to the physical contact and there's a weird part of you that apparently really like, like I like that uh-huh. contact. Yeah. And I did not know it until I did this workshop and I was like, I love this. I like being thrown on the floor. There was only like what two other one other girl in that whole besides Jackson Mallory in that workshop the first time we did it. So like we got partnered together, which was fine. But like up to that, when they're like teaching, they're the ones doing everything. Mm-hmm. So Joe's like, "Here we go," <laughs> and he knows he's like he like straight up tells you he's like, "I'm not gentle," and I'm like, "Okay." 
this will be fun. You're like a 300 pounds on me. That's fine. <laughs> well, um, yeah, some of those pictures are like, they look like really big guys. Yes. Yeah, like you're, you're a little tiny. Yeah. But they looked like they were <laughs> and Joe not Mike, tiny. And, yeah, and Joe might do this for, uh, oh, yeah, that's a squeaky toy. Um, <laughs> like, this is what they do for a living. And they're, they're like whole shit. They're, what are they? The Grimy Scots. And so Joe's just psycho. Like, he's just a psycho person. Like, he's... <laughs> him and I, like, are kindred spirits in some weird way that I haven't fully decided. Mike's the calm one. Mm-hmm. And Joe is, like, the all-over-the-place, just wild, like, what you expect from pro wrestler. Uh. He's got, like, the long hair, and he's just, like, a hairy human being. They wear kilts when they wrestle. Uh-huh. Like, they're amazing. <laughs> um, his, his, he's, he's the one that has... So if you follow me on Instagram, because you follow me on Instagram, that giant wooden club. Yes. The shillelagh. is a shillelagh. Um, <laughs> it's a Scottish weapon. Mm-hmm. Um, normally they're much smaller. Like my friend George also has a shillelagh. And it is smaller. <laughs> I also like saying shillelagh. <laughs> it is a fun word. It's shillelagh. a fun word. It's a fun <laughs> weapon because it really is just a giant club. Mm-hmm. But somebody actually made joe that giant one mm-hmm. so he could use it in shows and it just be obnoxious right because he's obnoxious uh-huh. and <laughs> it's my favorite it was my favorite thing in the world i played with it way too much over the course of this most recent workshop um i'm very attached to it but um but yeah so joe's the one who was like he's like i like you because you like to take he's like you like to be beat up, and this is wonderful <laughs> because most people are like mildly scared of it. This will be fun, that's... and you're small, so we can do so much stuff. So like that's which sums up my entire stage combat. Everything is you're really small, so we can do things that we can't do with most people, mm-hmm. like pick up chokeholds and stuff. Most right. people can't do that because they're not either strong enough to hold themselves up. But also, most people aren't strong enough to physically pick somebody up like that. Right. Um, so, yeah. Like, that, I mean, I haven't, we do, like, our pro wrestling, we do, like, a show every time. Mm-hmm. Um, so, we all have characters that we've come up with or developed over. Does your character have a name? My character's name is Raven because I really had no clue what I was, I went in and I was, at the time, I was still very, like, in myself. Mm-hmm. Um and this year has really been my year that I like have become much more uh, open and confident about things. But definitely in that first year when we went into that room, I was like, I don't know anything. Everyone's judging me for everything. Like I was still in that headspace. Mm-hmm. Um, so my character's name is Raven, and she's just kind of that typical like angsty teenager. And mm-hmm. that's and it worked in the show last year because Trish's character. We had like a whole Philly trash group. Uh huh. And we still have them. And Trish was like the the girl in that group, and her she's Tina Warrior Princess, and she was like the stereotypical like West Philly like <laughs> big hoop earrings, whatever. Mm-hmm. So like it it worked because I because that was our fight was just us just leading each other on and calling each other names and being mm-hmm. trashy. Like that Sounds was it. awesome. It was awesome. <laughs> and then this show, so pro wrestling kind of lives in its own world. You can do whatever you want. I uh-huh. don't know if you've ever watched WWE. Well, back in the day, yeah. Yes. yeah. So I watched it. And my, the original Glow. 
which like is that, awesome. That, <laughs> that was the best thing, being like a, a like hindering to like yes. puberty, and all of a sudden oh, there's I half bet. naked girls on television every Saturday morning. I'm like, what is this? <laughs> yeah, see, that's all. Yeah, so I I watched WWE with my dad, and I, it was funny because like I grew up with my dad going, no, this all is so super real. Like he was just like, so bored to God, it was all real. Mm-hmm. My mom's like, stop telling her this shit's real. Like, <laughs> And I spent my whole life going, is it real? Is it not? And then I was in it. And I'm like, it's not real, but it hurts. But it's almost real. <laughs> but it it's real enough. Almost real. So, so like, I don't know. I feel like if you watch WWE, you, they, they go out of reality a lot. Like, yeah. they definitely kill wrestlers off and bring them back. Mm-hmm. And so we played that this this last show, which at some point, when it's done edited, I'll post. But, uh, so my character decides, my character in this show, because we also do all the cuts like they do in wrestling, where mm-hmm. they, like, do things off stage. Yeah. And then we do all of that. So we pre-film all these things mm-hmm. and show them in between the Oh, that's awesome. Fights, which is super fun. And then when we edit it all together, it's like an actual show. Mm-hmm. Uh, so my character this time... Being the angsty teenager she is and pissed off because I'm a heel, so I'm the bad guy. Uh, so I always lose. <laughs> Being the angsty teenager is pissed off because Tina kicked my ass. Mm-hmm. And I have to figure out a way to beat her at our next fight. So I totally like sell my soul to the devil so I can beat her. <laughs> and that's the whole show is me just possessing everybody else uh, so that we can gang up on Tina at the end because I am so a heel so I have to fight dirty mm-hmm. and make everybody else do it. So I sell my soul to the devil. I don't talk once in the whole fucking show. And and I have like superhuman strength. So I like straight up like choke hold somebody which is like where you grab someone by the neck and pull them up and mm-hmm. them down. And it was awesome because this year we had like a couple, Joe and Mike actually had assistants. Mm-hmm come in who have been working on it so I got to do a lot of stuff with them because they already know they can wreck themselves right so they they can I don't have to do anything I can just place my hand somewhere and they can jump and throw themselves Uh on the back oh that's so awesome and that's the whole show is like stuff like that where I'm like you're mine now you're mine now you're mine now (laughs) and then at the end uh teen uh Trish and I have our like final fight and she still beats me (laughs) because the good guy because always the good has, guy to win. has to win so wow. next year we're going to do smash the patriarchy and all the girls are going to gang up on all the boys that's because we actually awesome. had five girls this time show up wow so yes next year that's like our going to be our gimmick is that tina and i decide to put our differences aside because uh, screw the guys <laughs> right that's so great yeah so it's been fun it's been a fun creative process like mm-hmm. it's one of those things that like you go in and you're going to be as obnoxious as possible and you can't be too obnoxious right which creatively is super fun <laughs> like because because in film it's making everything believable Maria. and in theater theater's over the top like you suspend reality in theater some mm-hmm. uh and I've never liked theater act. Like, theater acting to me is very forced and uncomfortable. It's why I like film. Mm-hmm. But this is totally, this lives in its own world of right. like, how obnoxious can I be today? Cool. What's my character and how, like, how much can I make this character even more extra than they already are? Right. 
That's so much fun. It's very fun. It is super fun. Um, and it also, yeah, and the group of people that I do it with are super fun. And I'm, sh- I would never do it like professionally. Like I wouldn't go out. You don't want to be. It would glow. take a lot for me to have to. <laughs> I, it's also it's a lot. It's you hurt after. Mm-hmm. Oh, I can can't even imagine. You, you definitely hurt after. So, so I think I don't think I would do it professionally, but like. Once or twice a year in a workshop with mm-hmm. like a, my group of people is fun. Right. And it's just like an escape. You just escape reality for a weekend and That's get so to be awesome. ridiculous. Wow. So it's super fun. But yeah, I love it. Um, <laughs> I enjoy doing it for sure. And then, and then, yeah. And then after that, you know, all these people and I just go and do stage combat stuff together anyways. Mm-hmm. So. That's so great. Yeah. Wow. Thank you for coming and, <laughs> and sitting on my floor and putting up with Stella, right, Stella? Oh, always put up with Stella. And literally telling me all of the stories. It's so, yeah. like, you really are very inspiring. Oh, thank to, you. Well, I think a lo- I, I am obviously not the normal, typical, right, you know, like we're sitting on the floor, um, and I've kind of chosen this path to be on that is definitely not normal normal what yeah. the yeah well when i say what normal i'm like you know what i mean like the <laughs> the like wife 1.5 kids the white picket fence yes. all all of that i'm more like no i'm gonna do what i love and like whatever right. that looks like and keep doing it and if i want to have a podcast i'll have a podcast exactly and if i want to take pictures i'll take pictures if i want to coach people i'll coach people all of those things exactly. and you're just like just it's like every creative outlet that someone can have you're like doing it and all of these things are happening and I think a lot of times people just kick back and they're like I can't you know we get filled with these excuses of like I can't do that or what's that gonna do or why should I go wrestle for a weekend because it's fucking fun because it's fun and yeah (laughs) and people who see it stuck in their comfort it's it's being stuck in the comfort zone it's this is comfortable now so I'm just gonna stay here and ride out my comfort right and you're Ah. just like throwing yourself out yeah. there i'm yes. so happy that however we got connected <laughs> that we've got connected and yes you know because it's it really is it's been a lot of fun you know seeing all of these <laughs> little transitions happen right. with you and <laughs> Stella, hey, Stella enjoys it as well and i think you know more people like you and me and everyone needs to be out there showing the world that like yes. you can do whatever you want oh, totally like, we're infinite creative beings. Mm-hmm. Just start creating and stop letting the real world stop you. Still. I don't know what you want. Stop it. <laughs> we The microphones are still out. There's like, oh, here. Here's, oh, yeah, this here's is my, my lamb. Guy. No, I think it's in it, it's important finding a community of people who support that. That's also like the stage combat community is super supportive of you know, new people coming in. A lot of Trish and Dom and Sean, they're all, they didn't get into stage combat till they're like late 30s, 40s. Mm-hmm. Like, they're all older. Trish has three ki- or two kids who are in like middle school and high school and she's just now getting into it. Mm-hmm. And they've all doing, they're all doing the wrestling stuff with me too. Like, it's, I think finding that community of people who support your weird, mm-hmm. whatever weird thing you want to try to do. Right. Ah. Uh, is super important 
Yeah, I love that. Find your weird tribe. Find your weird tribe. And just be fucking weirdos. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Thank you so much. Where can yeah. everyone find you? Where can they follow you? Where can oh, they watch man. you grow into this superstar <laughs> that you are becoming? Yeah, so my Instagram is chelsea.m.marlowe. Um, you can find me there by IMDB is where all my film stuff is. And that's just my name. I don't know. I think that's all I'm at. I don't have a website yet i need to yeah what are you waiting on i was trying I had, to do some research and i'm like wait a minute i had a website this girl's in the movies and she doesn't have a website i, I had a website <laughs> and it it was a lot to upkeep on my own i need and and everything changed like mm-hmm. I, I kind of reworked everything that i'm doing in life so i need to figure out the best way to put that together right and how i want to put that together and probably just hire someone to do it for me <laughs> Because it's a lot of work to keep a website. Right, right. And if you're doing all the things that you're doing. Yeah, you know. it's hard. So Instagram really has been the place where I've been able to just like put everything. Mm-hmm. And then when I get a website, I'll be able to just like pull all that stuff. Nice. <laughs> be nice. like, cool, cool. Well, I will link you in the show notes so everyone cool. can come follow you. And I look forward to seeing all the things that happen and where yeah. you go. Cause... We'll see what this year. This is going to be the year, I think. We'll see what this year has. Yeah, this year is going to be big this for everybody, This was my practice year. So. Well, I think you did pretty good. I think I did good. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. <laughs> I really appreciate you taking the yeah. time. Thanks for having me. It was and fun. for all of you weirdos listening, go find your weird. Go find your weird. Go find your tribe. <laughs> awesome. That was so great.